Lord be with you and also with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. Good morning and welcome to Marsh Chapel. We are delighted that you are worshiping with us this morning, whether here in the nave at 735 Commonwealth Avenue, on the radio at 90.9 FM WBUR, or over the internet at WBUR.org. Our Dean, the Reverend Dr. Robert Allen Hill, sends his greetings while he is away over winter break. And we welcome warmly to the pulpit this morning our dear friend and colleague, the Reverend Brittany Longstorff, the University Chaplain for International Students. Now, as we are able, may we stand together in the praise of God.
May we pray. Father in heaven, who at the baptism of Jesus in the river Jordan, proclaimed him your beloved son and anointed him with the Holy Spirit, grant that all who are baptized into his name may keep the covenant they have made and boldly confess him as Lord and Savior, who is you and the Holy Spirit lives and reigns, one God in glory everlasting. Amen. Please be seated. It is good to take time in our lives for personal and collective confession. So as the choir sings our Kyrie, I invite you to examine your conscience, to confess in the silence of your heart, and to feel a sense of contrition. Beloved, hear the good news. If we confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just, will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Thanks be to God. A lesson from the prophet Isaiah, chapter 42, verses 1 through 9. Here is my servant, whom I uphold, my chosen, in whom my soul delights. I have put my spirit upon him. He will bring forth justice to the nations. He will not cry or lift up his voice or make it heard in the street. A bruised reed he will not break, and a dimly burning wick he will not quench. He will faithfully bring forth justice. He will not grow faint or be crushed until he has established justice in the earth, and the coastlands wait for his teaching. Thus says God, the Lord, who created the heavens and stretched them out, who spread out the earth and what comes from it, who gives breath to the people upon it, 
and spirit to those who walk in it. I am the Lord. I have called you in righteousness. I have taken you by the hand and kept you. I have given you as a covenant to the people, a light to the nations, to open the eyes that are blind, to bring out the prisoners from the dungeon, from the prison those who sit in darkness. I am the Lord. That is my name. My glory I give to no other, nor my praise to idols. See, the former things have come to pass, and new things I now declare. Before they spring forth, I tell you of them. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
Join me in reading Psalm 29 with the antiphon. Ascribe to the Lord, O heavenly beings, ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory of his name. Worship the Lord in holy splendor. The voice of the Lord is over the waters. The God of glory thunders, the Lord over mighty waters. The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is full of majesty. The voice of the Lord breaks the cedars. The Lord breaks the cedars of Lebanon. He makes Lebanon skip like a calf and Syrian like a young wild ox. The voice of the Lord flashes forth flames of fire. The voice of the Lord shakes the wilderness. The Lord shakes the wilderness of Kadesh. The voice of the Lord causes the oaks to twirl and strips the forest bare. And in his temple all sink forward. The Lord sits enthroned over the flood. The Lord sits enthroned as king forever. May the Lord give strength to his people. May the Lord bless his people with peace. rise as you are able for the singing of the Gloria Patri and the reading of our gospel. Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to St. Matthew, chapter 3, verses 13 through 17. Glory to you, O Lord. Then Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized by him. John would have prevented him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? But Jesus answered him, Let it be so now, let it be so now for it is proper for us in this way to fulfill all righteousness. Then he consented. 
And when Jesus had been baptized, just as he came up from the water, suddenly the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my Son, the Beloved, with whom I am well pleased. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. Good morning. I am so delighted to be with you all today. I want to especially extend gratitude to Dean Hill for the opportunity to preach at such a historic and momentful pulpit. I also want to send lots of love and thanks to all of the Marsh Chapel staff for supporting me, encouraging me, and growing with me in my first semester as the international student chaplain here at BU. But last and definitely not least, I want to thank all of you in the pews before me and in the radio podcast sphere all around me for journeying with me on my maiden voyage of preaching in Marsh Chapel. While I've preached many times before, each pulpit brings something new, and I'm so happy to spend these next moments in relationship with you. Please pray with me. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on us. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be compassionate and acceptable in your sight. Amen. According to a Gallup poll, the top three New Year's resolutions in 2014 were as follows. Number one, lose weight and get fit. No surprise there. Number two, get organized, and number three, to save more and spend less. Well, I have long since given up hope on holding fast to a New Year's resolution because in the past my resolutions haven't made it past a month, let alone a year, I still fall prey to these same notions each January with new resolves and new goals. That yearning is still in me. Just this past week, you can ask my poor husband, Carson, I felt the urge to move around every single piece of furniture in our apartment in order to make it feel new, make it feel organized. As human beings, renewal is a crucial part of our existence. We're constantly trying to recreate ourselves, to find new meaning, to make new goals. And when we are renewed, we are often revived, which hopefully will lead us to respond. On the Christian liturgical calendar, we have entered into a time of epiphany. As Reverend Soren Hessler noted last Sunday in his sermon, epiphany occurred this past Monday when we imagined and remembered the Magi traveling far and wide to find a baby in a manger. And in a whirlwind moment of realization, they are struck with the knowledge that this is no ordinary child, but the Christ. God among us. This is the Magi's epiphany. In one of my favorite movies of all time, the 1993 film Hook, it retells the story of an adult Peter Pan returning to Neverland to save his children. A character in this movie is a bumbling pirate, a first mate named Mr. Shmee. Mr. Shmee has a similar moment to these Magi where he realizes something crucial about the plot. He shouts to Captain Hook, I have just had an apostrophe. 
Hook responds, I think you mean an epiphany, Mr. Shmee. Shmee says, lightning has just struck my brain. And Hook retorts, well, that must hurt. <laughs> While comical, there's something honest in this statement. Sometimes the season of epiphany strikes us so suddenly we find ourselves scrambling and not knowing what to do. During Advent, we have a clear narrative path that takes us to a manger. And during Lent, this upcoming season, we have a clear narrative path that leads us to the cross. And we often overlook the importance of this transition period that is Epiphany. Epiphany is truly a gift. We are given just seven Sundays, short of two months, to explore the early life and ministry of Jesus. While studying at Princeton Theological Seminary, I had a systematic theology professor who told us one day as we were studying early church creeds that in the famous Nicene Creed, while it states so much about the makeup spiritually and physically of Christ and retells beautifully the birth, death, and resurrection of Jesus, all we see of Jesus' life and ministry in this creed is a comma, a grammatical comma. As many of you are familiar, part of the creed states, for us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven. By the power of the Holy Spirit, he became incarnate from the Virgin Mary and was made man, comma. For our sake, he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day, he rose again in accordance with the scriptures, etc., etc. Epiphany is for us a chance to expand that comma, a chance to renew our common faith by reflecting on Jesus' servant ministry and finding ways to respond with compassionate hearts like he did. It is then no coincidence that the revised common lectionary pairs this first Sunday of Epiphany with Christ's baptism. In fact, on the wider Christian calendar, this Sunday is more commonly known as Christ's Baptism Sunday. We enter into a new season liturgically, just as Jesus enters into a new ministry. In the book of Matthew, this baptismal scene between Jesus and John is a marker of the beginning of Christ's teaching, loving and healing ministry. Baptism has long been associated with renewal, and Jesus seeks out John to be renewed by the ritual cleansing in the River Jordan. But something strange happens. Jesus approaches John to be baptized, and John initially refuses, recognizing that Jesus is the superior in ministry, and instead John says, I want to be baptized by you, Jesus. The situation is in a word, awkward. I heard a sermon once this very Sunday many years ago titled, The Problem of Baptism. And the preacher cited this moment as being the significant moment of messiness, that it was awkward, it was problematic. We still struggle with baptism in many ways today, 2,000 years later, as the ritual has been practiced in the Christian church in various forms for years and years, we still approach the topic cautiously. With Jesus and John, it was who should baptize who. But in our context, we often hear infant or adult, anointment or no anointment, immersion or sprinkling. 
The gist is, baptism has always been a bit messy. But there is real truth and beauty to this statement. To be renewed through the waters of baptism does not mean that your life becomes perfect or pure, or you're suddenly set on a straightforward path where you have all the answers. In the past, we may have associated the renewal of baptism with perfection, with becoming whole and knowing exactly what to do from then on out. But the so-called problem with baptism is that when you come up from the water, whether a baby or adult, whether immersed or sprinkled, you are renewed into a beautiful mess. You begin a long and complicated journey of learning who God is, what it means to live faithfully, how to exist in community, how to grow into a Christian identity. After Jesus' baptism even, he acquires some bumbling disciples who mess up a lot. He enters into a ministry which is sometimes difficult, sometimes problematic, sometimes awkward. But it is still a renewal. A renewal into this messy Christian life is complex, but it is so worthwhile. Renewal is rewarding and full of surprises, even if it's not always easy, perfect, or pure. Like Shmi's epiphany, renewal sometimes hurts. A few years ago, as a newly ordained minister, I spent a portion of my year serving as a volunteer for the World Service Corps, a nonprofit organization that sends volunteers to foreign locations to help people in need and to learn about culture. I lived with a spear fisherman and his family in New Caledonia, a tiny tropical island between Tahiti and New Zealand. Rough gig, right? There, I learned to eat fish for breakfast, lunch, and dinner every single day. I presided over my first communion table, but spent most of my time establishing an after-school program for local underprivileged children, a program that still continues today. The island as a whole spoke a variation of French and Melanesian languages. When I first arrived to New Caledonia, I had a very, very limited understanding of French and can do no more than order a ham sandwich. And even then, my pronunciation was so bad, I often got chicken. <laughs> Thus, during my first few weeks of running this after-school program, we played a lot of red light, green light, because it only required my knowledge of three French words, <laughs> lumière rouge and lumière verde. We would open up our school, school program by playing red light, green light almost every day on a little strip of land behind the facility that was made up of grass and gravel. At one point, a little boy, no more than four years old, ran so hard that he slipped and fell on the gravel and scraped up his knee. He started to scream and cry and wail, and the other children were startled and they backed away. I scooped him up quickly and took him inside. I cleaned him up and got a Band-Aid for his knee but he was still weeping so violently. I tried talking to him. Where does it hurt? Are you okay? What do you need? But the language barrier was too steep, and my pitiful French was getting us nowhere. His eyes full of tears, he just looked up at me and continued to wail. I gave up on words and instead moved towards him and wrapped him in my arms. I kissed his head, his cheeks, his knee, and held him as tightly as I could. Almost immediately, he stopped crying. I was bewildered. 
Astonished, I let go of him to see if he was okay, and he smiled and looked up at me and said, all new. I think he probably meant all better or good as new, but all new made sense to me too. What started out as an uncomfortable, stressful, awkward moment turned into this beautiful renewal. The beautiful mess of living a faithful life can lead to these epiphany moments of sacred renewal. Another important guide for us during this epiphany season is the prophet Isaiah. In today's lesson, Isaiah addresses the people of Israel and calls them forth to be revived. Often when we are seeking renewal, trying to change and become newer and better, we find revival, a new sense of sustainment, a new call or a new purpose. In Isaiah 42, Israel is facing an identity crisis. They have been exiled, tortured, abandoned, homeless, starved, and worse. But they are coming out of the hard times and slowly edging into the good, but they just don't know who they are anymore. The people of Israel struggle to find a sense of purpose, a sense of call. Isaiah, in a prophetic song, calls out to them to become servants of peace. They are given a new identity to bring forth light to the nations, to bring forth justice, to teach without burning a wick or breaking a reed. Israel becomes revived in a new identity to become examples of peace and justice in the world. In the Matthew passage, as we all know, John does finally consent to baptize Jesus. Jesus affirms that it is righteous for John to baptize him, and as Jesus comes out of the river, renewed, the Spirit of God in the form of a dove descends, and a voice from heaven states, this is my son, the beloved, with whom I am well pleased. And the people present, including John, feel revived in their faith. They too, like Israel, have been given a new identity. Their purpose now is to become bearers of that good news, of that peace, and to follow Jesus and his ministry throughout their days. Once Israel has been renewed and revived, and once Jesus has come up from the water renewed and revived, they both respond with acts of humility, acts of service, acts of compassion. Jesus leaves the River Jordan and goes to begin a ministry of healing, teaching, and preaching. Israel, following these prophetic songs of Isaiah, becomes a peaceful people sharing the joy of the Lord with all of those around them. We have a lot of guideposts in our society when we look for examples of people who knew what it meant to respond. One of those guideposts for me is Albert Schweitzer, a great theologian and peace activist from the 1930s to 1960s. Albert Schweitzer was constantly looking for new and active avenues to pursue peace. He worked closely with Albert Einstein to find ways to stop nuclear warfare. Schweitzer received the Nobel Peace Prize for his work in 1952. When he got off the train in Switzerland to receive his award, he was overwhelmingly met by a crowd of people. Reporters swarmed him with cameras and questions. 
Noted officials, politicians, and admirers all step forward to shake his hand and speak just one word to him. He stood on the platform smiling, and he held up a finger and said, please, I just need one moment. He walked over to the edge of the train station and found an elderly woman trying to carry her two large suitcases. He picked them up for her and carried them across platforms until she found her train, helped her stow them, and then returned to the crowd apologizing for his delay. A reporter who was there wrote in his article, that was the first time I ever really saw a sermon walking. Albert Schweitzer in that moment and through much of his life chose to respond. As we move through this season of Epiphany and through a new year beginning this month, my challenge to you is that you take your moments of renewal and revival and respond to the world around you. Israel seeks renewal and begs the prophet Isaiah for a song. In this prophet's song, Israel is revived and called to be a people of peace and justice. Israel responds by living out lives of compassion, conducting acts of peace, and offering justice. Jesus seeks renewal at the waters of baptism and in the arms of his friend John. In his baptism, he is revived into the servant teacher, preacher, and minister that we know. Jesus leaves the Jordan ready to respond to the needs of the world around him. He heals the hurting, uplifts the broken, frees the captive, and loves the needy. We have a chance to make Christ's life more than a comma this year. We can actively care for the hungry, support the broken, work for the justice of captives, share peace with those in conflict, and share love and compassion with every single person we meet this year. We have been renewed through our baptism, through reflecting on Jesus' baptism today, through the natural renewal of a new year. We have been revived in living through this beautiful mess of Christian life and in walking alongside each other and alongside Jesus as he teaches, preaches, and blesses us this epiphany. Let us take these gifts of renewal and revival and respond. I was privileged just a couple weeks ago to participate in a Christmas Eve noon service in this very chapel. We lit all of the Advent candles and sang some of my favorite Christmas hymns and celebrated the imminent coming of Christ's birth with the Eucharist. In closing, Dean Hill read a poem titled The Work of Christmas by Howard Thurman. The poem goes, when the song of the angels is stilled, when the star in the sky is gone, when the kings and princes are home, when the shepherds are back with their flock, the work of Christmas begins. To find the lost, to heal the broken, to feed the hungry, to release the prisoner, to rebuild the nations, to bring peace among siblings, 
to make music in the heart. My friends, the kings and princes have gone home. The shepherds are back with their flock. But Christ has been baptized and is moving forward in love to offer ministry and healing to all. Israel has been called to be a servant of peace and prophetic joy. The work of Christmas has begun for us. Through Christ, we are renewed. Through our faithful life and loving community, we are revived. And in the work of Christmas, we can respond. This is our epiphany. Amen.
We now come to the time in our service when we turn our hearts and minds to prayer and to lift up our lives and ourselves to God. Please assume an attitude and posture of prayer by either remaining seated, standing, kneeling, or coming to the communion rail as we sing together our call to prayer, Lead Me, Lord. Sisters and brothers, our baptismal vows call us to compassion and mercy on behalf of those in need. We offer our prayers for the church and the world. The prompt will be, Lord, in your mercy, and the response, hear our prayer. Revive and invigorate the varied ministries in your church and encourage new avenues of praying and proclaiming nurturing and teaching the good news to all in need of receiving it. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Renew and nourish the vital web that connects all of creation and open in us occasions for reflection and reju rejuvenation. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Intercede where justice and peace are lacking, and raise us and our nation's leaders up to respond to the needs of all people. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Assure the restless and those seeking answers. Relieve the suffering of all who need healing or resolution. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Accompany all who travel, especially students who are returning to campus this week and those who are far from home. Help us to welcome the visitors among us and learn from what they have to offer. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Lord God, you revealed your Son in the waters of the Jordan and anointed him with power of the Holy Spirit to proclaim the good news to all people. Sanctify us by the name of the Spirit, that we may proclaim the healing power of the gospel by acts of love in your name. Amen. And now, with the confidence of the children of God, we are bold to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, 
as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Good morning. Know that you are truly welcome here at Marsh Chapel this day. I invite you to participate in our ritual of friendship by finding the red pad at the end of the pew, adding your name and contact info, and sending it along the pew so that we can get to know you better and you can get to know one another better. If you're listening by radio or internet, please feel free to register your presence with us by sending an email to chapel at bu.edu. University classes resume on Wednesday, and so do some of our regularly scheduled chapel events. See the bulletin or the website, bu.edu chapel, for further details. Next Sunday, the Martin Luther King Jr. Professor of Ethical Leadership at the School of Theology, the Reverend Dr. Walter Earl Fluker, will be our preacher. And on the following Monday, all are invited to the annual Martin Luther King Jr. celebration in the George Sherman Union at 2 p.m. Look for the Chapel Spring Term Book to be available on our website and in the chapel in the coming days. And on the website, you can also find the opportunity for online giving. Now I invite you to meditate on O.C. Christian's arrangement of light everlasting as the ushers wait upon us during the offertory.
light everlasting, O love never failing, from the inspiration of your spirit we offer these gifts and ourselves to you in your service. Through them and through us, may your light shine and your love be felt here and throughout the world. Amen. have been renewed and are still renewing. You have been revived and are still reviving. Go out into the world 
and B, responding through Christ's love, our peace, and our Savior. Amen.